What's up, guys? This is Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Recently on the Winging It Podcast, Vince Carter and Annie Finberg sat down with NBA All-Star Kyle Lowry and recording artist Timmy. This week, 2017 first overall pick Markel Fultz joins the show to talk about living up to expectations and working his way back from injury in the NBA. Make sure to check out Winging It on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Heat Check. I'm your host, John Gonzalez, joined as I am every week by my producer, Steve Allman. Steve, I've been thinking about this. Uh, You know, look, we're family here at Heat Check, and uh, I feel like you need a nickname. Previously, you were uh, (laughs) New Isaac, but you've since grown out of that. Uh, I'm thinking about maybe Stevie Franchise for you. Stevie Franchise. Has anybody ever called you that? No, absolutely not. I'm kind of okay with it. Were you a Steve Francis fan at all? (laughs) Uh, Not not entirely, no. But I can actually I can adopt this. This is this is a good look for me. He so at the beginning there were very high hopes for him. Mm -hmm. I don't want this to be like an omen for you, right? (laughs) Because there were very high hopes for him, and then he sort of flamed out. And and you're going to have a much better career trajectory than Steve Francis. Like You're just going to continue ticking upward rather than it being sort of a parabellum. Uh, Speaking of, thank you for listening. A reminder to please rate and review us. And don't forget about all the great NBA content on TheRinger.com. Paolo Escoblog has his questions of the week column up, including the Rockets ceiling and Zion's Rookie of the Year chances. We're going to get into Zion in just a little bit. The incomparable Haley O'Shaughnessy. Two pieces. Double dip of Haley O'Shaughnessy. Jan versus the hardened Twitter beef. We're going to have a little uh, Twitter beef, NBA beef convo in a little bit. And also she wrote about how the NBA has missed Steph Curry. His return has been a little postponed. We'll talk about that as well. And then Dan Devine. Uh, last week I had problems with Dan Devine. This week I got more problems with Dan Devine. I'm going to need him to defend himself. He wrote about how the Sixers are breaking down, but they're not broken. Uh, I take umbrage with that. Coming up later in the show, we'll play, as Steve alluded to, NBA Survivor. That sounds fun. I don't know how that's going to go, but it sounds fun. And uh, we'll vote some things off of Heat Check Island. But first, let's review the latest news from around the league and bring in our regular contributors, Dan and Haley. Boom, shakalaka! He's heating up! He's on fire! All right, one of them is in studio, and one of them has returned. To our NYC HQ, it's Heat Check Coast to Coast with Haley and Dan. Dan, you're back in the uh, NYC studios. I traded in the comfort of my own home and Luger on the couch for uh, a building where there's a ton of construction going on. So if you hear like clang, clang, bang, it's not just me flipping tables. There's a lot happening here. Feels like a BC. That's later on in the show and the program, but uh, I feel like you made <laughs> I'm a skipping mistake. ahead. I apologize. And Haley, uh, fresh off of Sunday's Clippers Sixers game, you went to the game. Yeah, I had a great time. Except how good a time did you have, Haley? All right, all right, all right, all right. Let's keep some things to before the show. We'll get to that in uh, just a moment. But first, let's review some headlines from around the league with NBA Instant Replay. All right, so the Knicks, the Knicks went out and made a hire. They have officially hired Leon Rose as their president. Per Woj, he will attend the Rockets-Knicks game on Monday night at MSG. His plan is to, quote, stay behind the scenes, initially observe and listen and stay away from big public proclamations. Uh, Dan, I'm going to start with you here, your beloved New York Knicks. That feels like a good place for Leon Rose to start, although he also, uh, he tweeted this out or sent it out on social media. He asked fans for, quote, continued patience. Uh, What's your continued patience level, Dan? (laughs) Well, I mean, I'm dead inside, so I guess I'm pretty patient. Like, I I can last for the remainder of eternity with considering the lack of faith in my heart. Um, I would say 
the right idea for any Knicks GM or president or exec is to like just kind of chill out and not say anything that's going to step on rakes and sort of blow everything up in your face. Um, the last time we heard from the Knicks executives publicly, it was the like crazy weird press conference that uh, Steve Mills and and Scott Perry had to give at the beginning of the season. Didn't work out so well for for uh, for at least for Steve Mills. Yeah, let's just sort of take our time and try to get one thing right, and then we'll see where we go with Leon Rose. Haley, what are the chances that Leon Rose can fix uh, the broken New York Knicks that nobody else has been able to fix previously? Because so we saw Mills and Perry screw it up, and before that, Phil Jackson couldn't get it together, uh, and now we've got Leon Rose. Is Leon Rose going to get it together? If Rose is the one. I've often are you, said this. Are you That's buying it? it? I don't want, I, I like to stay away from big public proclamations, yeah. but yeah, Rose is the one. No press conferences either. I feel like that's a, I don't know if that's a, a good thing or a bad thing because we've seen with the Knicks previously how uh, media averse they are. They have uh, disdain for the media. And yet uh, I really enjoy when they do, to Dan's point earlier, step on rakes and screw things up. Uh, that's always good fun for the rest of us and at the very least good content, Dan. That's right. I mean, and Gon's far, far Far be it for me to get between you and content, but uh, if we're talking about what's the best thing for the Knicks, yeah, it's maybe sort of keep things quiet and sort of do things in a, I don't know, normal professional basketball organization sort of way. Uh, the next big thing that's going to happen for Leon Rose will be who he chooses to hire as a general manager. We see who that person is and what sort of plan they want to implement together. We'll go from there. If we don't hear anything between now and then, that might be just fine. Uh, and other news, let's go to another big city uh, here in Los Angeles. Both teams played on Sunday, not both of them in Los Angeles, but both Los Angeles based teams played. The Lakers were in New Orleans against the Pelicans. They picked up a big win on the road. No Anthony Davis. LeBron had a 34 point triple double. He ties Luka for most triple doubles in the league this year. They're eight and two over their last 10. Haley, they're five and a half games up on the Nuggets and the Clippers. How good have the Lakers looked? I mean, except for the Grizzlies loss, which was on the first night, but back to back. Good. Their our guy, problems... John Morant and our Grizzlies. Exactly. What are you supposed to do? Stop him? That's not happening. Can't stop the official you team. Can, you can beat Zion, but you cannot beat John Morant. That's right. And that's why he's winning rookie of the year. Has nothing to do with Zion. All of a sudden, absences. this has become a Grizzlies topic, which I love. Uh, but also the Lakers have been really good. <laughs> they have been really good. And their problems are still the same. They could use an extra ball handler. They need wing help. And then obviously there's the injury scares. Uh, Dan, they cleared a roster spot and there have been reports that they are working out Dion Waiters and J.R. Smith. Yes to both, please. Uh, to Back to our point about uh, always wanting content here on Heat Check. That would be glorious, glorious content. Uh, but you're a basketball guy. Would either of these guys help the Lakers? I think the, like the best case scenario for both of them absolutely could. You know, you talk about needing another ball handler. You know, Dion Waiters is a guy who did a lot of uh, a lot of positive things as a ball handler in Miami when he was sort of on the straight narrow there, um, you know, working alongside Goran Dragic. You talk about needing more wing help, guys who can defend the best version of J.R. Smith a couple of years ago, was able to sort of switch off on twos and threes and handle himself out there. He might be a little bit further removed from that, given how long he's been away and also wasn't really at his peak defensively in Cleveland before they went out. But the best version of both of those guys could help. Whether you're going to see the best version of both of those guys is, I think, very much an open question, given where they were at before they got let go to the point where they're going to be working out this late in the season. Haley, I feel like you'd have a take on this one between Dion and JR. <laughs> I really like both of them because they're such knuckleheads uh, and they're super fun in that regard. But I feel like you'd have like a stance on this. Do you have a Dion versus JR pick? You know the chart where it's like chaotic evil, neutral evil. Yeah. Okay, JR is 
a better one. He's more neutral than Dion is because Dion's had actual problems with coaches and playing time. And he's been frustrated with that. JR is spacey. They're both taking wild shots, but JR's is spacey. And that's his biggest problem. Obviously, there's a huge example we could point to in the finals. With Dion, he actually is kind of a problem a lot of the time. I'm very excited here because I just want to note for the record that Haley O'Shaughnessy just did a Dungeons and Dragons thing on this podcast. What did I do? That chart, chaotic neutral. Uh, That's a video game good, thing? Lawful neutral. That's <laughs> okay, a Dungeons well, and Dragons what? role-playing wait, wait, game wait, thing, Haley. Dungeons and Dragons is a role-playing like... It's not a video game? It's a tabletop game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> as a as a blog girl, Sorry, you should definitely know. <laughs> Dan, you just got her to do this. Let's let's take this W and walk away. Let's take this W and walk away. Uh, I abscond. All right, this is that's oh, too I'm good. I'm shocked. I thought that was an <laughs> internet me, thing. You did that, not wow. me. You things that things that we all learn on the fly. Also in the <laughs> Lakers and Pelicans game, Zion had a career high 35 points. Uh, he's looked absolutely incredible. I'm curious though about what they're going to do with Zion moving forward. Dan, they've got four back-to-backs coming up. They're chasing that eighth seed in the Western Conference. They're three games out on our, I'm saying that for heat check here, <laughs> our Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they're trying to make it into the playoffs. They're nine and seven since Zion has returned. But they've got these four back-to-backs. If you're the Pelicans, what do you do with Zion? You play him the rest of the way? You play him in those back-to-backs? That's a lot of wear and tear on him when they're they're trying to you know keep him around for the long term. Yeah, I think that the... the David Griffin regime has sort of made maintained they're going to have a long view with Zion because of the, you know, the obviously the start of his career with the meniscus injury and, you know, the extended layoff and still just sort of getting him going and getting some some momentum with him. Uh, I think it's going to be they started him with a sort of a minutes limitation, the early games. And uh, Alvin Gentry was very clear, like, I really don't like that. I want to be able to play him as much as possible. But I think they have to. They're go- they're, it's going to be you might see some push and pull between uh, coach and front office there. But it's got to be about the next five years, not the next five weeks. It'll be interesting to see if they catch the uh, Grizzlies for that last spot. I want to note that uh, our ringer teammate, JJ Redick, on that team, he's out right now, but he's on the team and he's never missed the playoffs in his career. So and the first thing that he said to Zion and about that was like, don't fuck this up for me. Don't fuck it up for JJ. We (laughs) want him to make the playoffs. Uh, Haley, I want to run this past you before we move along. At the end of the game, Zion, JaVale McGee came up to Zion after the game and asked Zion for his jersey. And so Zion gave it to him. I want to know what you think about jersey exchanges between teammates. Oh, I love them. Actually, I saw a tweet the other day that was these two guys leaving a club in Vegas and they both had button ups and they were like, we had such a good night and they were straight. <laughs> that they exchange button ups. Yeah, I thought of that too. I love that. Uh, I'm I thought, all for it. In I all thought that uh, JaVale McGee, who I don't know if you guys know this, JaVale McGee is an avid uh, fanny pack enthusiast. <laughs> I one time when he was with the Warriors had like a 10 to 15 minute conversation with him about his fanny pack collection. Uh, and I thought that if Zion was going to give him a jersey, he should give Zion a, a fanny pack. So maybe he can mail it to fanny him or something. Fanny packs are out. Are they out? Oh, but not out. for JaVale McGee. The, the new you thing is the across the, it's like, Fanny pack shape the cross bag. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. have any, either of those. I'm not really a bag person, but sure, why not? They're lawful evil. Lawful evil. There, there we go. <laughs> I'm so uh, mad about that. <laughs> so the other Los Angeles team that did play here, <laughs> as Haley uh, told us, she went to the game. The Clippers up and your 109876ers. Clips win 136-130 in a game where nobody played defense. The Clippers have won four straight. Dan, are they finally getting hot at the right time? Kawhi, PG, Montrez all had big lines. Marcus Morris is playing not as well as he played for your New York Knicks, but are they finally getting right uh, hot at the right time? 
I think it's less about getting hot at the right time and more about getting the lineups together at the right time. You know, uh, our colleague Zach Cram wrote about this today. Like whenever the Clippers have had their full complement of dudes or at the very least Kawhi and Paul George together, they've been sensational. I think they're 21 and seven in the 28 games. Those uh, those guys have played together something like plus eight per hundred possessions when they're both on the floor. When they have the team the way it's supposed to look and everybody's healthy and lined up, that's about as good as a team as you're going to see in the conference with the exception of the Lakers and even, you know, right up there shoulder to shoulder with them. So I think it's less about, uh, you know, overall gelling and more just like availability. Haley, do you have any concerns about their defense? Because yes, they won this game. Yes, they've won four straight. But the Sixers on the road, as we know, and we're going to get to the Sixers in a second, not good away from Philadelphia. They didn't have Ben Simmons. They didn't have Joel Embiid. They still scored 130 points. And Shake Milton had a career high 39. Yeah, but that's just Shake Milton. Top five player all time. You can't include that. Can't stop Uh, I don't have huge concerns about their defense. I think like Dan was saying earlier, a lot of their problem is that they haven't gotten enough time to get their lineups to mesh their ideal lineups to mesh. When you look at them on paper, they have wonderful defenders. They have Paul George, they have Kyle Leonard, they have Patrick Beverly. I think their defense is going to be fine. They're seeing time. Dan, we mentioned the Sixers uh, nine and 22 now on the road, just cannot seem to buy a win away from Philadelphia. You wrote about them for the ringer.com. Great website. Everybody should check it out. The story you wrote was the Sixers are breaking down. They're not broken. Uh, I think that both of those things are actually true. They are both breaking down and they are broken. Josh Richardson, by the way, right after you write this ringer curse strikes, Josh Richardson gets a concussion in the game against the Clippers. Uh, Explain to me why you seem less concerned about the Sixers than like basically everybody I know from Philadelphia. Well, I think maybe because I'm not everybody you know from Philadelphia, Fair. so it's it, it's not like an elevated bl- uh, blood pressure situation for me. Uh, but it's also, you know, yes, they're nine and twenty-two away, but they're also was it twenty-eight and two at home? Like they've they, there is a and then when we have seen them respond, like this is a game where they they were down their two best guys. And they were still right there neck and neck with one of the best teams in the NBA for the duration. And, you know, Shake Milton, obviously, he's not going to be putting up 39 every night. He's probably going to be putting up something more like 45 or 46. But um, <laughs> the, the, like that's a guy who can play and who's now getting an opportunity to get more run on the ball as the point guard uh, with Ben Simmons out. You know, there's a redistribution of sort of opportunity there. I feel like the, the collection of those guys getting more opportunities, uh, Horford as a center, um, Tobias Harris as a power forward, and then... The, the Heat also struggling, and like that's the team that, my, that Philly needs to catch. There's still a chance this winds up with home court advantage for the Sixers. I, it might not be a, a huge one, but I still feel pretty confident about that if I'm them. And then if I'm healthy heading into a postseason series with Embiid and Simmons and that cast, I feel good about almost everybody I could play in round one. As we record this, Sixers a game and a half back of the Miami Heat for that four spot, which would be critical for them because then they get to have home court advantage in that first series. And you you mentioned this last week, Dan, but remind me, uh, you got to play games on the road in the playoffs? I checked with the league office and it turns out you do. You did. You did the reporting on that. He's a journalist. Uh, Sixers really need that spot. All right, moving along here. Giannis. Giannis had 40, 20, and 5 in 35 minutes in a win over the Hornets. It's the fewest minutes to reach that line in NBA history. He's absolutely killing it, much to the dismay of his, I guess, arch rival now, James Harden. We're going to go to the (laughs) NBA beef section of uh, the program. Harden and Giannis have gotten into it. Hale, you wrote about this. The two of them have sort of gone at each other. Uh, Harden wrote that none of them can mess with me. I average more points and assists. I wish I could be seven feet and just dunk. That requires no skill, to which Giannis replied, my game is not just power, and uh, threw a little shade at Harden and said, I want someone to pass the ball. Here's my question. Is this fun? Like, is it, this is, feels like a very manufactured kind of lame beef between the two of them. I think that for Giannis is mostly responding 
because Harden has had comments and not necessarily directed at Giannis, even if he's used Giannis's name. Harden, and he did this with Russ too, where he's just had comments like, what does this MVP award mean to you guys? Because look at all this fantastic stuff that I'm doing and I'm still not winning. So I think that a lot of Harden's beefs, you know, we kind of, I think manufactured the one of him and Russ, but he did, he, back then he was like, is this about winning? Because my team's winning. But then now his argument is more like, I put on this amazing performance and I carried this team. And last year, the Bucks had the best record in the NBA. So he's kind of switching his arguments. But I think that Harden's always been like me versus the voters and versus the narrative and the perception. And then Giannis is kind of like, okay, that's great, but you can't talk shit about me. I still won. <laughs> I, I, normally, I would love this stuff. You guys know me. Like, as we've mentioned many times on this program, I'm all for people uh, going at each other for content purposes. But this feels like neither of these guys are very good at it. And I would like a little bit more spice to my spice. Yeah, Giannis. Well, the, the thing is, is that Giannis isn't genuinely malicious in his comments like some guys are. Yeah. He's like cutesy about it. Like when they were doing the draft, he said, I want someone who will pass me the ball. He's not a good asshole. And That's Embiid's laughed. job. Yeah, he's not a good <laughs> asshole. Embiid is very good at it. These two guys are less good at it. I want to wrap up with a couple more things. Uh, Dan, Steph Curry was supposed to come back on Sunday versus the Wizards. They decided to sit him out. Uh, they issued a statement that said, the Warriors issued a statement that said, he continues to make good progress and remains on schedule for a return to play at Quote, some point in March, uh, he's scheduled to practice with the Santa Cruz G League team on Monday. So it seems like he's close. Kerr told him he was going to hold him out, though, said that uh, Curry wasn't thrilled, but he's a pretty even keeled guy. Is it the right move to uh, not bring him back yet? And would you consider just shutting him down completely? I mean, the season's almost over and the Warriors aren't very good. Yeah, I mean, they're they're four and a half games clear of the Cavs for the worst record in the NBA and, you know, the highest odds for the number one pick in the lottery. Um I don't, I think if Steph Curry wants to play and he's 100% healthy, then you give him a shot because he's Steph Curry. Everything about your franchise is oriented around him and it's not worth like screwing that up in some capacity by holding him out longer when he's ready to go. Um, but I think that said, there's no compelling re argument to me to like, if he's 97% or if you have any uncertainty at all, then, you know, no, yeah, let, then like, let's, there, there, you don't need to rush him back for any purpose. Um, I, I just feel like at this, at this point, it's not, it's about how you manage that relationship because I think fans get it. The Warriors fans, like they would want to see Steph play again, but there's, they also understand what they're, that it's about next year for them and moving forward too. So I think it's like, if it's cool by Steph and you're, and he's a hundred percent, you let him go. And if not, sure, let him wait a little bit. Haley, last headline, uh, and then we'll move on to the main event. Last week, the Timberwolves were fined $25,000 for violating the league's player resting policy. Now, this is interesting because, uh, the Wolves rested D'Angelo Russell in a game late last week against the Nuggets on the road. He was deemed healthy, however, under the policy. The Policy prohibits sitting players in, quote, high profile nationally televised games. That game was on NBA TV. Uh, so your mileage on the term high profile and NBA TV might vary. But still, this is the way that the NBA came down on it. The policy requires teams to rest players when they are at home unless there are unusual circumstances. But this is the first time the league has fined a team since putting the rule in place in 2017. Do we like this rule? And are you surprised that they finally enacted it and levied it against the Wolves? I'm glad that it at least has some flexibility. I think that the league probably felt that they had to do something about it because so many fans are upset. So if they're saying, okay, you can do it at home games, it makes a little bit more sense. I don't really like anything that prevents people from resting or sitting out. I mean, this is their career. If they feel like they need to take a break, then they need to take a break. And this is all about the postseason anyway. My theory is that everyone just hates D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> 
Ah. You saw what Magic said when he, when he left the Lakers. You saw what Steve Kerr said. Yeah, now the league Everyone office. Everyone hates D'Angelo. That's there. You, Haley Except for Carl Anthony Towns. She's hey. an investigative journalist. Also, NBA TV is so annoying. You don't get it with League Pass. <laughs> this is like this is the worst channel on TV. I well, didn't. I didn't realize you'd get so spicy about NBA TV. I, I would have uh, provided more time for it. That was NBA Instant Replay. Before we go to the main event, a quick break for a word from our sponsors. Do you know what's more attainable than your favorite team landing a top free agent this summer? A healthy, thick, green lawn. Scott's Turf Builder Thicker Lawn has everything you need to turn your lawn into a thick green paradise that you deserve. With its three-in-one solution, you can get up to a 50% thicker lawn with just one application. The solution consists of seed to fill in gaps, soil improver for enhanced root development, and fertilizer to feed new grass and thicken and make greener existing lawns. With Scott's Turf Builder Thicker Lawn, you can finally get the thickest, greenest lawn you've always dreamt of. Also, with Scott's no-quibble money-back guarantee, if you're not satisfied, you get your money back. This is the part where they want me to talk about my personal experience with a lawn, but I'm a city guy. Uh, I live in a city now. I lived in a city previously. I have literally never had a lawn. However, if I had a lawn, I would want this thing because I wouldn't want my lawn to be all patchy and nasty. I'd want it to be green and thick. Otherwise, it would drive me insane. So go and get a thicker, quicker, better lawn and grab a bag today. Make your yard a Scott's yard. It's allergy season, and you know what that means. Sneezing, watery eyes, runny nose, the works. So you head to the pharmacy in search of relief. But research shows that 80% of allergy sufferers fail to select the best medication off the shelf to treat their symptoms. On the flip side, you could end up spending forever in a specialist waiting room or trying to get an appointment to get your prescription treatment. This is the part where they want me to talk about my allergies. I don't have allergies. However, I have a wife who has allergies and it's brutal. She's sneezing. She's coughing. It looks rough. I wouldn't want that for anyone else. I want her to find some relief. Maybe Roman can help. Our friends at Roman are now offering prescription allergy relief delivered right to your door. I'm going to tell Colleen about this. Roman takes the guessing game out of finding the right allergy treatment. Pick up your phone or laptop and complete a free online visit with a U.S. licensed physician. And they'll develop a personalized allergy treatment plan that works just for you. All of Roman's allergy treatment options were hand-selected by their board-certified ENT so you know you're getting expert recommendations. And speaking of the pharmacy, don't even go there. Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication directly to your door with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions. Or if you want to talk about adjusting your treatment plan, you could do that too. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can call and cancel anytime. Stop wandering aimlessly through the allergy treatment aisle at the pharmacy. Go to GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA for a free online visit today. That's GetRoman.com slash RingerNBA eligibility requirements and additional terms apply. And now back to heat check. All right. So uh, I spent some time last week with our guy, Sean, Yu, who's who does excellent work for our video team. Turns out he's a massive fan of survivor. And we have a survivor podcast. Our guy, Riley McAtee uh, does a pod called the pod has spoken. Uh, and Steve, you produce that pod, right? Yes, indeed. I do. Everybody should listen to it. It's a wonderful pod. But so we've got a lot of survivor fans here at the ringer and Sean's one of them. And Sean was telling me how uh, one of the guys who got voted off had survived cancer. And he's like, I can't believe he got voted off. He's He's the only actual survivor on Survivor. So we started talking about all this stuff, and I thought, okay, I, I haven't watched Survivor in a while, but maybe we'll play a little heat check Survivor. 
whereby there are things in the NBA that maybe we're not so thrilled with, uh, that we're done with, that we're going to vote them off Heat Check Island. So we've all got some different suggestions, and uh, because I am contractually obligated, we will go to Haley O'Shaughnessy first. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies first. I just want to say as a quick aside that I thought that when I had read Gonza's suggestion to do this, I thought he meant that we were going to be voting each other off wow. the proverbial island, and this is I'm a lot less competitive us. than I thought. So uh, I'm a little cu- bummed out. I will still be voting you guys off. <laughs> <laughs> out of curiosity, which of us wouldn't have made the cut? Well, we'd have to see how the game played out. <laughs> right, right. We have to see. Fair enough. Um, my first one is that I want to erase the narrative that Harden is boring to watch. You're voting it out. I'm voting it out. And as a huge, historically big fan of Russ and the way he plays, if I can accept that both of them are very fun, then everyone should be able to accept it. Stop being grumpy. Uh, Dan, where do you fall on this? I'm in, I'm I'm kind of on board for it, but I want to know what about Harden specifically is fun for you? Oh my God, all the scoring, all of the scoring, and I'm sorry, but you've mastered this thing that yes, probably slows the game down, but we're still watching basketball. It's not like we're watching baseball. I I and I realize that I am uh, like a rare case here. I'm in the minority, but I like his ability to draw fouls. Like, I know that that's like, people are like, I can't believe you like to watch free throws. Not so much that I like to watch free throws. I like to watch the art of getting to the line. That is a skill. And he utilizes it better than anybody else in the league. I mean, his ability to get, I mean, like once he gets to the line, he's automatic. And that is a huge advantage to for him. And like to see the different moves that he puts on people to get them to draw contact and get the whistle. I think it's fascinating. He, frustrates, he frustrates the hell out of people. And then also you see players from other teams showing other players knowing that they're about to play the Rockets how to guard him. Mm -hmm. There have been like multiple clips of that when two teams have played and after the game they know that they're about to play the Rockets. That is fantastic. That is very fun. Like you said, he's mastered something. We should appreciate it. And the Eurostep. I mean, his Eurostep is insane. Yeah. And then all the three-point shooting. And all the three-point shooting. You sold me. I'm I'm on board with this. Uh, Dan Devine, what's the first thing that you're going to vote off of Heat Check Island? I mean, we'll go pretty basic here, but uh, James Dolan, get the fuck off our island, buddy. Oh, this is so obvious. Um, I yeah. want to vote him back on. I want him on that <laughs> island forever. <laughs> just just to torment me and uh, until Haley votes me off. Um, yeah. uh, I just It's been 20 years, 20 long, hard years. And there's just the, the idea that you can't, you can be so successful as a business person, so successful. The Rangers have had a lot more success over the course of this two decades than the Knicks have. And seeing that, like, if you hire a good person and leave them in place and let them do their job, then good things can result from that. But tearing up the plan every two years and hiring, like, one of your guys, it never seems to work. It's just you're perpetually on that treadmill. So um, until and unless we see something, maybe Leon Rose is the answer. As my my colleague Haley informs me, Rose is always the answer. Until we see that, I, I don't believe it. And um, James Olin, get the fuck off. I want to tell everybody uh, that's listening at home that when Dan said maybe Leon Rose is the answer as Haley Haley suggested Haley double finger gunned him. <laughs> so he must be. So you got the double Positive finger gun. Positive reinforcement out of it. to everything he says that's smart. Um, Dan, he also is in talks potentially to buy the Mets. How do you feel about that? You could get a double dip of Dolan. That's a that's a lot of alliteration. That's really good. That's professional broadcasting. Thank you, um, that. The thing about, about the Mets, so I've I grew up a huge Mets fan and I haven't been watching them very much because when we get to the end of the NBA season, it's like I, there needs to be a compelling reason to watch sports for me to allow it to be on TV when there's so much DVRing to catch up on and they're the Mets. So they're out of it every year by June. Um, I don't think James Dolan owning them is going to reduce my level of psychic pain at all and make and increase my level of interest when the basketball season ends. So 
I'm hopeful that it doesn't happen. But then Bobby Wagner, our boy Bobby Wagner was like, it can't be any worse than the current ownership situation. And I was like, well, that's crushing and depressing. <laughs> so uh, I guess, yeah, well, just keep shoveling it on, Gons. Keep shoveling it Your on. Your misery gives me so much joy. <laughs> Steve, Freud. Steve, I want that. I want <laughs> that clip. Sean Freud it. is my favorite thing. And like, you're such a source of it. Um, all right. So I, I think that uh, Heat Check listeners, like the number one complaint I hear from Heat Check listeners, I'm going to go now. The number one complaint <laughs> I hear from Heat Check listeners is that we simply do not talk enough Philadelphia 76ers on this program. Ignoring them We never talk about them, so I'm going to talk about them here. I I get a lot from Philadelphia, especially, but but in general. I mean, it's happened here at The Ringer. There's been all kinds of podcasts talking about breaking up Simmons and Embiid. I am voting that idea right off of Heat Check Island. Keep them together. They're both in their 20s. They're both, what, top 15, 20 players in the NBA. They're locked into contracts. It is incredibly hard to find young, talented players that other teams would kill for. One, let alone two of them. Yes, the fit is awkward. Yes, there may be, there's rumblings about how well they get along and all that nonsense. I don't care about that. What I care about is they are incredible generational talents and the idea that they should split them up now doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, so get it, it out of here. it's silly. It's silly. They haven't tried enough things to split them up, like, say, a new coach. And or, I'm not saying this wow, is on Brett Brown. I'm not saying this is on Brett Brown, but there are different things that they can still try. And you shouldn't throw away one superstar when you haven't exhausted all possibilities. I want to stop here for a Pinky second. Pinky did not die for this. I want to stop here for a second yeah. and go back to Haley's idea about voting each other off. The second that you said get rid of Brett Brown, I supported I'm like, your idea. Go. I didn't say that. I said that you should exhaust all possibilities. <laughs> yeah, you, you hinted around it. Uh, here's an idea. Maybe put some shooters around them. Uh, here's another idea. Maybe get somebody who can handle the ball on the pick and roll and you free up Ben Simmons to do some other things. I mean, like, I, I don't... Look, again, as I mentioned last week, everybody talks about Zion's efficiency and how he gets uh, he gets anything he wants at the rim and he doesn't really shoot threes. Hmm. Who does that sound like? Yeah, no, I agree. It's like Russell Westbrook. Totally. Um, no, no, I, I, no, no, you're, you know, you're right. And it's funny when you say yeah, maybe try putting some shooting around him. I kind of remember a pretty good team that had. Dario Saric, Robert Covington, and J.J. Redick are on those two guys. Yeah. And that, that lineup annihilated everybody for two years. So, or a, a year and a half, I guess. Um, so yeah, the, there is a template that works here and that could potentially work in a postseason series. Let's just see some more of that. I, I'm firmly on board with this and the idea that you, there's an, uh, you can't, the, the hardest thing to find is cost-controlled or under-contract-controlled 25 and under talent that's like an all NBA caliber player. And they got two of them under contract for the next five years or th- four years. Like fix everything else around them, maybe give them a stable organization where the leadership is, is steady year to year. And we know who's making decisions for what reasons. And then maybe we can we can talk about it after that. I love it. We're all in accord. Uh, let's do one more round. Haley, give me your second one. Uh, my second one is that I want everyone to shut up about the TV ratings being down. I don't care. (laughs) No more complaining. I I don't care about the investigation behind why the TV ratings are down because it's going off into crazy things. People have responded to my piece on Steph Curry by saying him being gone is the reason the TV ratings are down. That's ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Now in, in Golden State, it definitely is. You can see the numbers there. I think it's crazy. I think that we are missing how good the NBA has been this season. And so I think also with me voting those off, I have to vote off Jeff Van Gundy. Oh, Jeff Van Gundy goes too. Because he is the 
he talks about this on every broadcast Does for like he? a good quarter. Uh, you would think that they they would tell him, the network would it's tell him so to shut the hell up. It's so surprising that the NBA is the only one where the announcers regularly talk about having issue with some part of the NBA. Whether it's a player, a rule, a foul, the challenges, how long it takes at the end of the games to review, or the overall TV ratings. It's ridiculous. As a quick addendum before we go to Dan Devine, I just would like to say that I want to, whatever the opposite of voting them off is, I want to keep all Van Gundy brother related grievances on the island because they've got a bunch of them. And when they start complaining, I, I like, yes, maybe the TV one can go, but all the other Van Gundy related grievances are delightful. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, the thing about coaches is they're always the first one to get <laughs> yeah. fired, right? It's always their fault. And, Stan, and Stan, Stan's argument about, about analytics, all of it. Sure. Lash. It'll be anything though. It'll be like, oh, the thing about Greek yogurt. Yeah. And then Mark Jackson will be like talking about window panels. Like it's so I, I love them. Last year I called up Van Gundy for my, uh, why it's hard to evaluate coaches piece. And you, you'd think that Jeff Van Gundy would have some things to say about it. And he did at the end of it. I was like, uh, Jeff, I got to go, man. It's been like an hour. So, but thank Thank you for everything. Uh, Dan, give me your next one. I'm sick of, I'm voting off hating on. So the idea that I have here is like, hey, I think Giannis Adetokounmpo is the MVP. Why are you hating on LeBron? <laughs> um, I'm not hating on LeBron. I just think he's the number two guy in the MVP race. Oh, he's number two. Why are you hating on James Harden? I'm not hating on James Harden. I just think he's the third best guy. Oh, he's the third best guy. Where's Nikola Jokic? Where is Luka Doncic? Everything that you decide is not a referendum on somebody else being good. Multiple people can be good, and sometimes some of them are better than others. Also, it's an opinion. How can you be that that, that mad and argumentative about an opinion? I'm not hating on your favorite guy. I'm just saying the thing that I think. Uh, Haley, correct me if I'm wrong. Translate for me here. This feels like uh, something touched a nerve with one Dan Devine. No, I love a this. Personal, this maybe is, Dan. I think that this is just part of Dan being nice and wanting everyone to understand everyone and and respecting everyone's <laughs> opinion. I personally love this because I don't have that strong of opinions on basically everything outside of basketball. I was gonna say, Haley, that's bullshit. Basically yeah. everything outside of basketball. <laughs> Like candy corn, it's fine. Every, like things are fine. Everything's okay. Like if you like it, go eat it. Shake Shack versus In and Out. Whichever one you like, you should probably go to. I don't fight me about it. But basketball. But basketball. Um, yeah, I'm I hate on people. I know where that came from, though. I know because Dan and I have had many conversations about Dan's mentions and Dan engaging with people in his mentions. <laughs> and my general rule is. Uh, don't feed the trolls. And Dan can't help himself because the trolls come along and he throws them a couple crumbs and then they keep coming back. The thing is that Haley's exactly right. My, I start from this stuff with like a, yeah, let's all have a good conversation about what we're talking about <laughs> yeah. here. And so it starts with like, let me in good faith engage with our readership because that's a nice thing to do. And then sometimes it doesn't go so well for me. And, then, Gons, not, and, then, and, then, and then I get a text from Gons at like midnight going like, stop. Get Stop off it. of social media. <laughs> social media is a scourge. All right, last one before we wrap this up here. So I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my last one. Uh, initially, I was thinking about like voting off in the same way you were saying, voting off people who were complaining about the TV ratings, voting off people who complain about the refs. I'm not really into that. Then I was thinking about voting off the entire Mismatch podcast because they masquerade <laughs> as the official Grizzlies podcast of the Ringer Podcasting Network when we all know the official Grizzlies podcast of the Ringer Podcasting Network is right here. Uh, but instead, I'm going to go more niche uh, my guy KOC, who I love, 
Uh, he's just a sweet heart of a human being. Dan and KOC and I did a podcast last year from the NBA finals where uh, KOC climbed into my bed and podcasted from the bed. Gospel truth. Fine by me. I love him. Sleep, <laughs> make yourself comfortable. However, what I do not love about KOC is his continued conspiracy theory about Ben Simmons shooting with the wrong hand. <laughs> I frankly had enough of that. So we're going to vote that off the island. No more KOC talking about Ben Simmons and what hand he, he shoots with. However, because I love KOC, I come bearing a gift. <laughs> I've got a suggestion for KOC in lieu of him talking about Simmons and what hand he shoots with. He should instead talk about RJ Barrett and what hand he shoots with. Because last week, if you guys missed this, RJ Barrett informed uh, Knicks writers that he's actually a righty and has a better shooting form with his right hand. Uh, he's just more comfortable shooting with his left, which makes no sense to me. But KOC, I gift this to you. Uh, this is your new thing to discuss. I like that it's sort of like an eternal sunshine of the spotless mind kind of thing. Like we're not voting Kevin off the island, mm -hmm. just this specific part of his brain. Yeah. Like this one thing goes but then, as you say, you come and replace it with something else. Um, I, I also I would be remiss if I didn't note that uh, this was uh, the subject of an NBA desktop investigation around the draft where uh, he was or during summer league where RJ was seen using chopsticks with his right hand. And it's like nobody uses chopstick with the, with their offhand. It's always your strong hand. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, listen, why why not? There there. Listen, there are plenty of very great athletes who have the sort of that ambidexterity. LeBron James and Russell Westbrook. I'm sure that RJ Barrett's going to go in that fine lineage and that uh you know, that Russell Westbrook and, oh, sorry. And he's going to go in that fine lineage and that Kevin O'Connor can continue to like haunt him like the guy who goes after the Incredible Hulk for the remainder of his career. That'll be wonderful. Yeah, Westbrook and LeBron's are, are both lefties who shoot with their right hand. These are all things. It's up to them. And I'm not going to lie, it has nothing to do with RJ Barrett being a spotty shooter. <laughs> That's just on him. Shaded RJ. <laughs> uh, I like it. Uh, and these are all things for KOC to investigate. So I wish him well uh, on his course. That was the first ever he checked Survivor. I think it went well. We're all still on the island. Do you want to vote one of us off now? No, I'll, I'll do it later. You'll do it I'm, later. We're going to do something <laughs> next show. That was also the main event. And now it is time for our favorite segment, Good Call, Bad Call. What a bold call here. All right. So last week, uh, we brought to the attention uh, of our listeners something called the Mischief Mystery Box. Uh, and we got quite a lot of feedback on this. Feedback ranging from <laughs> we love this to Dan Devine, open the box to quite a few people telling us that it was a scam and we shouldn't be telling people about this scam box. Uh, so good call or bad call on us potentially setting our uh, listeners up for fraud? As a part-time scammer. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm going to say good call. That's a good call. <laughs> Dan Devine. Uh, the you best got a lot call. of feedback in your DMs. I did. I, did. I mean, I, I really hate the way that sounded. But yes, I did. I got a lot of feedback in my DMs on the mischief box. Um, I say, I think publicly we have to say bad call on us going for this for this box. Mm -hmm. And then secretly, us among the three of us and, and Steve. Yeah, just us. Good. <laughs> Good call. Good, Good call. call on the box. <laughs> uh, uh, Steve Allman, you, you and I came up with this. So where are you on this? Yeah, well, as a as a full-time chaotic evil scammer, <laughs> I am a thousand percent in on this. Good call. We're as doing a, this. We're still doing this. Uh, oh, this is an excellent point. And this is what I've mentioned to Heat Check listeners before. First of all, the four of us were family. That includes the listeners, though. The listeners are family as well. So if you guys are going to get scammed, guess what? We're going to get scammed with you because we're still buying this damn box. And I am opening it the second it comes 
That's it. It's happening. Uh, we will stop you from opening it's that. You're going to have to sedate me. Uh, elephant I, tranquilizer time. Uh, <laughs> I got a most spates update for you guys, which is very unusual. Most spates played in the NBA for a long time, as uh, most T-Check listeners would know. He recently joined the big three, and there are a lot of big three heads at the ringer, but I want to tell you guys a little most spates story that you may not know. Back when he played with the Sixers, his nickname among the writers was Shit Man Fuck. Now, you may not know this. The reason why his nickname among the writers was Shit Man Fuck was because whenever you'd go to talk to Mo, Mo was a great guy. He'd always say yes. But any you could ask Mo Spates anything in the world, any question, and every single answer would start with some combination of the words Shit Man and or Fuck. <laughs> Hence, his nickname among the writers became Shit Man Fuck. So what say you to Mo Spates' nickname, Shit Man Fuck, GC or BC? Ah! You know, I don't really like cussing in any <laughs> circumstance, so I'm going to say bad call. Yeah, uh, Haley's delicate sensibilities. Dan Devine. Uh, I'm going to say it's. I mean, it's a great call because it's a wonderful nickname, but it's also a significant. Like, it makes me think of fuck, marry, kill, and I'm like, I don't want the game shit, man, fuck. But I don't want that game. We have to go away from Fair that. Enough. We should do a segment. We should. <laughs> that'll, be our next, that'll be our next segment. Our next week's he, uh, heat check. Just Steve Allman. Uh, I mean, shit, man, fuck. That was a GC. That was a GC, and I'm going GC as well. Uh, speaking of nicknames, I spent some time with Dan Devine last week oh, no. and uh, some some various people decided Haley th- to call Dan a Dilf <laughs> so uh, thoughts on Dan's <laughs> new nickname being Dilf oh. <laughs> you're asking me if that's a good call yeah I'm asking you if it's a good call or a I call. support anything that makes Dan feel good about himself mm-hmm. good call uh, Dan I'm going to come to you last <laughs> <laughs> maybe I don't get to vote on this one good call Good call. Absolutely. It's a a GC. My love for Dan is bottomless. And this is just one more thing that I love about Dan. Uh, Dan, what do you think about your new nickname that's been bestowed upon you? Thanks. I hate it. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me feel so uncomfortable. I have to say, Michael Bauman, our our friend from the Ringer MLB show, uh, decided that that was something he could put in a tweet without clearing it with me. And then it caught like wildfire among the four people that looked at that tweet. Um, all of whom are my colleagues and keep talking about it. So, so my skin crawls every time I hear it, which is how I know it's never going. I, I'm sorry, buddy. You got a mirror. You look in the mirror and see how <laughs> handsome you are every day. This Good was call. bound to happen. Gons, what's the worst nickname you've ever had? Worst nickname? I don't know. I don't know that I've had a worst. Everybody either calls me Gons or Gonzo. The O is optional and away I go. Shit, Why, do you man, have a fuck. bad? Did somebody <laughs> shit man and fuck? Uh, did you have a bad nickname? Feels a little personal. What? Well, I've had a lot of nicknames. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to share any of them? Uh, Not now? <laughs> I will say that a lot of people recently, since I've gotten out of college, because a lot of nicknames in college, mm-hmm. but recently that people have been O'Shag Hennessy, like from Key and Peel. People are really into that. <laughs> oh. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like Haley. Haley's good. Haley, Haley O'Shaughnessy <laughs> no. works as a name. Uh, all right, last one. I want to run this past you because I got another idea for us as a show. Last week was the mystery box. This week's a new idea. So Colleen, my wife, was at the NFL Combine in Indianapolis this week. And I don't know if you guys saw this. There's a guy named Ben Barch. He's a Division Three tight end. And uh, he's at the NFL Combine as an offensive lineman. Now, Division mm-hmm. Three tight ends, and he, they go about 250. He had a bulk up. So he gained 70 pounds to become an offensive Lineman. This has nothing to do with ba- 
basketball in the same way that the mystery box didn't either, but I don't care. Uh, so he had to he had a bulk up. So to bulk up, he created this ridiculous smoothie. This smoothie is seven scrambled eggs, a tub of cottage cheese, oatmeal, grits, a banana, a shit ton of peanut butter and a Gatorade of your choice. Now at the, at the NFL combine, uh, Colleen and Ben Barch drank this smoothie together. God bless Colleen. Yeah. And she was like a little nervous about it. And I asked her afterwards, like, what did it taste like? And she's like, it wasn't that bad. The temperature was a little off because the eggs were warm, but, 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 but she said taste wise, it was kind of sweet and mostly peanut buttery. So GC or BC, to the four of us trying this, and this is binding. This is a binding agreement. Majority wins. We're not. We're not doing a United thing here. So whatever side we all fall on is what side it'll be. GC or BC on the four of us trying this on next week's heat check. Let's make it a boozy shake, and I'm in. GC. GC. Dan Devine. You'd have to make your own from over there because I can't like tr- teleport you your own. So you do right. one there, and we do one here. Uh, you know what? GC, I'm, I'm, yes. I'm, about, I'm, I'm about the show. Steve Allman. I mean, shit, man. It's the content. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Good call. Good call. That's a sweep. We're doing it next week. Next week on Heat Check Seven to round scramble. out. Oh. Uh, That's so many eggs. Good call, bad call. Actually, I, I will make us seven scrambled eggs, a tub of cottage cheese, oatmeal, grits, banana, Jesus. peanut butter, a and tub. a Gatorade, and we a will tub. wrap up. Wait, there's a Gatorade in there? What is this contained? Yeah, That's disgusting. It's Why would they flavored. put that in there? Is this it a says, gallon? Yeah. Why would he just do like protein No, it's a powder. Uh, it's like, you know, like a normal container of Gatorade. You pick your favorite flavor. He says you dump it in there, you blend it all up, and you drink it. She said Ew. it wasn't bad. We're going to find out. Uh, stay tuned for that, everybody. I want to thank all of you for listening. I want to thank Dan Devine, Dilf, Haley O'Shaughnessy, oh. nickname uh, still TBD. Steve Allman, speaking of nicknames, I've decided he's going to be Stevie Franchise. I like that for him. Hell yeah, brother. And, and uh, he's killing it on the show. He deserves it. Please rate and review us. If you don't mind, read all of our content on TheRinger.com. Listen to The Ringer NBA show on The Ringer Podcast Network. Heat Check will be back next week, including a smoothie. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.